welcome to Bitten by Radioactive Podcast, where we give powers to a name. Hello, my name's Demon Knight, and I'm about to create a superhero with my good buddies Jade and Josh from Whatever Inspiration Strikes Us via the internet and its many, many passages for uh, creativity and general junk, really. How are you guys doing? Uh, feeling creative. Probably not as creative as you, Mr. I'm going to dose up on creative juice. Hey now, that that's a trade secret. We don't talk about the old creativity juice because if I have too much, I won't be able to do the show. Is it smarmy of me if I say I don't need creativity juice? This it's smarmy when you say it like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't need creativity juice. There we go. That's 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 more in line with your usual way of mm. speaking. Mm-hmm. It wasn't creativity juice. It was celebration juice because this podcast is officially one year old. Woo! Is it yeah, our yeah, birthday yeah. or is it our anniversary? Uh, because technically our birthday was probably when we posted like the teaser and opened our Twitter. Yeah. So would this well, technically be our anniversary because it's our 52nd episode? Bon anniversaire. Bon anniversaire to us. It's our 52nd episode. Our official first episode went up on July the 3rd, 2017. But we've done 52 weeks, 52 episodes. Zero missed, and I think that's pretty good. I think mm. we should start with a 52-minute round of applause. <laughs> that's basically what this entire episode's probably going to be. It's just going to yeah. be a lot of back-patting and just a lot of... <laughs> well done, guys. You've you done good. Before we applaud ourselves, though, despite it being our birthday, we ought to give back to the comics community by sharing some of the good comics that we've uh, read and enjoyed recently. See, you could have done a nice little segue there where you said, let's applaud other people's work first. Yeah, you could have done that. Um, let's applaud other people's work first. Cool, uh, cut everything else. <laughs> that's, that's the wonders of creating a podcast. <laughs> I have 52 weeks of experience editing myself to sound good and competent. Mm-hmm. Um, Jade, not so much because she always sounds competent. She gives me no way to practice, no whetstone for my blade. Oh, thanks. Shall I do the same now? Go on. Okay, um, I've been reading Tropic of the Sea by Satoshi Kong. Oh, I'm very interested yes. in this one. Mm. Well, here's the thing. I finished it um, like an hour ago, and <laughs> I've been reading it in bursts. Like, I've been really savoring it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like, let me tell you the plot. So it's uh, about a shrine at a seaside town, which is famous for protecting an object called the mermaid's egg. And supposedly this was given to one of the priests there to be protected for 60 years until it's supposed to be returned to the mermaid. So because of its blessing, the town prospers with like, you know, typical seaside fare, like really good catches of fish, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But no one really believes that the egg is like a real thing. It's like just like local legend. But then the town starts getting bought up by property developers who try to turn it into like a fancy resort and they attempt to remove the egg and things start going horribly wrong now the art's phenomenal of course i mean it's satoshi khan and the plot is interesting i like that the shrine priest himself is really skeptical like i wasn't expecting that right off the bat he's just like no i don't believe in the egg even though he's the the head priest (laughs) um he's just like on the side of the property developers for the for pretty much 90 percent of the story yeah um and it's actually his father and his son that are the ones that are trying to convince him to believe. But where it falls flat is that it's like a it's a simple pre- predictable plot. 
Um, and it really feels like it would have told its story better as a film, and that just comes across more because it's Con. I was going to is is this one of Con's later ones? So is it is this another unfinished one as well? No, no, it's definitely finished. Oh, okay. So is it yeah? Which, is it early on in his career, or is it like full on when well, he's in the middle of just doing purely films? Let me have a look, uh, date wise. So it was serialized. It looks like nineteen ninety. Oh, oh yeah. that's very that's, that's really early on in his career, I mm. think. But yeah, so it feels like it would have done better as a film. And I'm not just saying that because it's con. Like, as a person who understands like the language of comics, I go through this and see how many tiny panels he squeezes onto these pages. And like, it really fucks with the pacing. Yeah, it does. Like, it's it's a really gorgeous book. I love the illustrations and the expressions and the designs of everything. That's fantastic. But... Because it's so many tiny panels, all these big impact moments are just whooshing by. Hmm. And then suddenly the book's over and it's like, oh, is that it? Mm. That's a shame. Yeah. Now, I've read a comic that was born to be a comic that we picked up quite recently um, at uh, MCM Expo, actually. I'm sorry, MCM Comic Con. (laughs) And I've enjoyed it very much. It's called Manfred the Man. And it's by Caitlin Major and Kelly Bastow and... If you've ever owned a pet, if you've ever filled up your phone full of pet photos, this is the comic for you. So, it's about a world where giant cats own tiny humans as pets, which is hilarious for a start. Uh, But this particular comic follows uh, a cat, remember? Giant cat, called Steve, who's sort of a loserish type. So, uh, he has quite a a dirty, dirty apartment, sort of a deadbeat job. But he adores his pet man, Manfred. And, like, it comically, but also, like, kind of tenderly portrays that sort of empathy and that sort of emotional importance that uh, pet ownership gives a person um, and to all the other characters in the comics. So there's, like, cats who run, like, a stray man shelter. There's, like, a, what you would call, like, a crazy man lady who has, like, <laughs> loads of uh, little men. And these are, like, very naked dudes. That's a horrible image. It's not, it is, though. It's so cute. <laughs> it's very cute. <laughs> Especially the titular Manfred, who's uh, got, like, a tiny ginger beard and has, has, like, these cute little stripes for body hair. It's all very cute, but it's also very, um, as I mentioned, if you've owned a pet, you you are, like, on the same wavelength of this, as this comic. Hmm. Steve's co-workers are always like, oh, what? you keep talking about your man. Like, we don't really care about your, your pet, really. Can you talk about something else? And, like, I've been there with my, my dear, pure Jimmy Page. <laughs> and I know Jade's been there as well because I've been on the other end of that. So there's one for the pet owners out there. Check it out. And also the the art is just, as Jade mentioned, super cute. And, like, even though the, the pet men are all very naked, it's not really offensive or anything. It's just very innocently portrayed, I'd say. Now, Josh. Hello. Josh, yeah. Have you, have you read a comic in your life? I've read... Once again, I feel as though I'm defending myself. I've read many comics, Dean. We've been through this. <laughs> I won't have my nerd card abused in this way. I'm, I'm, I'm a guy. I'm a read. I read comics, man. And the comic. Are you in a Funko Pop? <laughs> I, I, no, I don't. In which case, I don't think I'm a real guy. I mean, real nerd, even. Um, <laughs> this week, I've been reading a book that I think ties together this kind of episode. It kind of works in this episode. Ooh. It ties us back to episode one. It takes us all across, and it's going to influence a lot of what I do with this episode. Okay. Oh. So, 
This week, I've been reading Multiversity by Grant oh. Morrison, Ivan Reese, Joe Prado, Jim Lee, Doug Mank, Frank Whiteley, Chris Sprouse, Ben Oliver, and Cameron Stewart. And that's just the artists. There are some great colorists on here. Nathan Fa- Fairbarn does some amazing work in this. Mm. But this is a book all about the multiverse and the various kind of characters that kind of jump across, like all different variations of Superman. Multiverse shenanigans, exactly my jam. Excellent. <laughs> that's, um, and basically, yeah, it's a very meta comic. It plays a lot, a lot of ideas like there's this haunted comic book issue within there where like basically the more that you read it, the more that the villains are going to win. And it's like there's, right. a, lot of, there's a lot of like don't turn this page. You know, they're trying to get you to turn this page so you can find out what happens at the end. <laughs> but by the way, at the end, they're going to win. So please just turn back. Stop reading this comic. Please stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> and actually, this comic that you're reading actually turns up in earlier issues as a almost like a parasite. And it's jumping, mm. and basically, it's all about comic books jumping into other comic books, becoming kind of um, artifacts, and like they're they're clearly like influencing turns of events. I need um, to read this. Yeah, I've got a it's an, an amazing hardback. Um, it's got a lot of lore in it. There's an entire issue which is basically called the Multiversity Guidebook, and it <laughs> highlights every single one of the 52 Earths that are in the DC universe. Hello. That's our special number of the day. It's weird, isn't it? Um, Because in the DC universe, there are 52 Earths. um, And there's a big old, big lore about that. But yeah, so it's an amazing book. It's got so many different like genres and the the rotation of the artists really keeps it fresh and interesting. There's kind of like an issue for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And naturally, it's all brought together by one of my favorite writers, Grant Morrison. Mm Mm-hmm. So what are we doing this week, Josh? Gee, I do wonder. I wonder if I've played my... Like a hand. Maybe a little bit, but I'm not one to judge on that account. Mm. Okay, so this week, considering that's our 52nd episode, mm. I kind of wanted to do something very multiverse- multiversal, I believe the term that I've just coined is. Mm-hmm. Very multiversal indeed. Yes. Um, however, you know, I don't want to ignore the fact that we do like to generate names. Okay. So what I'd like us to do first is we're going to be generating two names from both yours, Dean, and your Jade's names, mm-hmm. to create the villains for this piece. Ooh, okay. okay. And where I have gone to is one of the first name generators I ever used, uh, and it has been used by many a people. In fact, Donald Glover, he played Lando. He's in a few other bits and pieces. He's quite a big guy at the moment. His name is Childish Gambino. And okay. right. I'm not sure if it's a little-known fact, but Donald Glover found his name Childish Gambino using the Wu-Tang Clan name generator. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is... This is one we always talked about. This, this is, is one, one of the that's... initial ones, yeah. So, it's, see, it's nice. It links back to the early days of the podcast. Not even <laughs> the early days of the podcast. The early days of us, like, whispering and, like, what-ifing about the podcast. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. So, we are going to be joining the ranks of Ghost-Faced Killer, Inspector Deck, Method Man, Raekwon, and the late Old Dirty Bastard in generating... <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to be joining the ranks of the, the Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, my goodness. It feels so good. Okay, so, first off, who would like to go first, first off? Jade. Okay. Jade, would you like to enter the Wu-Tang? Hey, do you want to know something really funny? Have you done it before? No. Oh, go ahead. Quite quite the opposite. What's the Wu-Tang Clan, guys? Oh, sorry. Uh, The Wu-Tang Clan (laughs) are a rap group. Okay, all right. And they are are notoriously ain't nothing to fuck with. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And they made some... Darn good trousers back in the 90s. Um, RZA also did much of the 
soundtrack, I believe, for Afro Samurai. Oh, okay. Um, I would know that. <laughs> yeah. So let's enter the Wu Tang, Jade, yes. or should I say, Tough Ambassador? Nice. <laughs> That's just my name now. Holy shit! <laughs> there you go. Keep it in. Just Tough Ambassador Sarsen. And I was going to say shit. that Tough is spelled with two Fs. Nice. <laughs> of course it is. Come on, Dean. Would you like to enter the Wu Tang? Open the open the way. <laughs> well, it's very nice to meet you, sarcastic knight. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's just me, though. That's just me. I would also like to say that all of the C's in sarcastic have been replaced by K's. <laughs> of course they have. Sarcastic. Yep. Fucking knight. Oh well, my good. Well, well, well done, both of you. You've got very good names. They're uh, pretty great. <laughs> Just for completion's sake, um, the reason I'm not including mine is because I've known about it for years. I am mm. Amateur Prophet. Ooh. <laughs> that that sounds like a, a rap name, though. Are there any letters messed with in that? No, it's actually just spelt as it normally is. Okay. Boo. Yeah. Less good. Okay, so I- I'd like to start off first. Let's figure out who Tough Ambassador and Sarcastic Knight are that might cause future repercussions for the multiverse. Well... The ambassador has to represent someone, right? I feel like they are the number two person. Mm. Like, you have to get through them in order to meet the other person. So perhaps Tough Ambassador can represent Sarcastic Knight. Well, Jade, you're you're on absolutely the right track that I was thinking with um, Tough Ambassador. Mm-hmm. See, how I imagine it is, is both Tough Ambassador and Sarta- uh, Sarcastic Knight are both working for some... Yeah, that Thanos- makes more sense. They're both working for some Thanos-esque uh, character who we oh. don't know. Some horrendous galactic horror, shall we say. Well, we do know who they are. They're the amateur prophet. Oh, we could use them then. There we go. There you go. So they both work for the amateur prophet, mm-hmm. much in the way those two douchebags, or four douchebags in Infinity War work for Thanos. Yes. The heralds, I believe. Or like the children of the amateur prophet type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Uh, Tough Ambassador has very tough words and is more of a uh, vocal conqueror, if you will, yes. trying to come in, make themselves known, trying to own everything without actually fighting for it, whereas Sarcastic Knight is the fighter and they um, they don't use their words so much and they're more coming in there, fucking shit up and taking whatever they can grab. Mm-hmm. You know, so you I'm... your brains and your brawn. Yes. Mm. I was considering both at one point that because they're both quite wordy sarcastic and like tough ambassador i was not sure if at one point we could actually kind of steps on the toes of green hyena in that they could have quite either cutting words in terms of sarcasm oh right in quite like maybe like quite sharp kind of stuff Mm. and then tough could be obviously quite tough words i'm not sure if you want to play with that i think that could be good for tough ambassador well Mm -hmm. hold on as as the ambassador of Tough Ambassador, um, <laughs> I kind of like the idea of kind of one punching, one punch manning it. You know, like Moomin Rider is just literally a guy who rides a bike. <laughs> Tough Ambassador is a villain that's literally just cutting words, and that can be the joke. Like people are like what, like like they literally cut me? No, no, what you imbecile? Like no, I just speak very properly, unlike you. And I think they would have to have um, some super element to them. They're like. A trans-dimensional being. Maybe they can remember, like, obscenely long words. Like, they can remember every word in the dictionary. 
so they can insult people a million and one ways. And that's what makes them tough is that they can't that you can't outtalk them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um. So they're very good in diplomatic situations, mm-hmm. which as, which could be used in terms of what they're trying to do, whatever they are trying to do. We're not sure yet. They're trying to herald their um their master, the uh, interdimensional um dictator that's about to come in and ruin all of our combined days through combined dimensions. Well, potentially, because so perhaps... I am, or they are, in this case, quite amateur. Mm-hmm. They're, they're new at this. Mm. They're new, but that just means they're quite um, reckless and they don't really have a regard for balance at all, unlike mm. another fucking giant purple <laughs> d- galactic dickhead. <laughs> so this amateur prophet mm-hmm. is coming in and because they're quite new in the scene, they're trying to take over everything, trying to take over everyone despite that not being the way before and is just causing so much destruction in their wake. So as an amateur prophet now, are they the type of villain that has like a goal that they tell people that they truly believe in? Like, for example, like Thanos. Or are they they the other type of villain that's like a false prophet? So like they tell people one thing, but their nefarious plan is actually something else. And their followers believe that they're enacting plan A, but they're actually going for plan B. See, false prophet, we could make this into some um, uh, crusade, galactic, uh, not galactic, interdimensional crusade for for them. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to take over everything uh, because they believe that their way is right and their uh, way of thinking is right and they're going to either convert or kill the non-believers well, I'm, keeping, I'm keeping this quite simple this week mm. yeah you know i'm not trying to overcomplicate. i'm just saying that as a prophet prophet usually means that they have seen something in the future Ooh. so well, that's very true yeah so i'm saying like have they told people like i have seen this vision and actually they've seen something else or and they're saying, like, I've seen this vision, that's our ultimate goal, that's what we're striving for. Let's let's go for something meta, and it's what they've seen is episode 53. <laughs> 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 All right, Josh, you, you've sort of tapped this walnut and you've created a few cracks that I'm going to prize mm-hmm. open. Go ahead. They've seen episode 53 happen. They know how little time they have on this very episode <laughs> and how much airtime they have. So they're determined to take over every last second of like our speech and our mm-hmm. um, creative thought trying to get us to talk about them. Yeah. And the way they're going to do it is by defeating everyone who stands in their way via either the tough ambassador who will mm-hmm. get them to shut the fuck up or the sarcastic knight who, who will is... just simply cut them down. How are they going to cut them down? Are we going to do something funky with it? or? Yeah, we need to talk more about sarcastic knight because we've pretty much covered tough ambassador mm. they are a well-rounded character who who is sarcastic knight see i want to go i want to maybe rise maybe above... we should just talk about amateur prophet i just really feel like we should talk about amateur prophet right now yeah you know oh, I, i've yeah, got I'm, a lot to say about amateur prophet um he could be quite an interesting character like someone who's got quite a lot of depth i don't think mm. we can do it anymore i think what we might need in order to solve this amateur prophet situation is a team of heroes oh. yes, to yes. save us. Which brings me to part two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would like, I think we're going to have to go for a nice little number. I think we're going to have to six. Okay. How do we feel about works six? Me. Yeah, six works. I think six is a nice round of number. And also, bearing in mind, this is six episodes. 
Oh, wait, no. You know why you can't have an even number for teams? Go. You have to have someone that's on the fence in every argument. Of course. Five. No, let's go so seven. Five? Seven? No, no, I'm going to go seven. Five. Seven, we, we have 51 very good heroes <laughs> in our roster. I do not want to only use a small fraction of them. Very I, true. I just wouldn't want us to use, like, 20. Mm-hmm. I just I just want to point out that we don't have 51 heroes. We have 51 episodes of heroes. Ah, yeah, it's also true. That's true. <laughs> Some of them have multiples, and we shouldn't forget those. No, we shouldn't. So let's... Shall we generate some... Shall we go to a randomly generated generator to generate our <laughs> heroes? <laughs> I'm actually very excited for this. Please, tell okay, me this team. The first hero in our roster is it's episode 15. I will now consult my master list of <laughs> who... You don't remember all your children in order? <gasps> you mean you're not <gasps> just like it's opening a very a good. Door. It's a very good one to start off with, guys. Welcome to the fray, Bleached Ruby. Yes! One, one of our favourite heroes. The winner our literal of, MVP. Of the, of the burpees. Yes. Big winner, Bleach Ruby. Just a heads up, Bleach Ruby is a uh, superhero who has the ability to manipulate others using their... Go on. Go on, Dean. Bleach Ruby was a former criminal turned uh, prison uh, therapist who yep. had the ability to turn their sweat into diamonds, but mm-hmm. after they got bleached... Well, no rubies. Oh, wait, yes, go on. After they got bleached, they could turn them into into sort of reddish, ruby-esque growths on their skin, mm-hmm. and they had a manipulation ability, which I've completely forgotten. <laughs> okay. Does anyone else remember? They, uh... Yeah, it was, like, to do with blood or something. Mm. Um, but, yeah, they manipulated prisoners into causing a prison riot. They certainly did. They were... Oh! Oh, they got... They got... Attacked by... Um, it was Stone and Muller. Stone and Muller, yeah. Which caused them to be reformed into mm-hmm. what we know as Bleached Ruby. Mm. Oh my goodness. Who who else? That's a good one. Mm. Who else? That's a very good start. Please welcome to the fray, episode 32. Ah, who is Godiva Jaguar Undy. Oh, yes. Who was, I believe, from our Black Panther episode, which was Cat Name and Cat Species. Mm-hmm. Godiva was... Um, a woman who uh, has a disability and works several jobs, I'm pretty sure. She um, was Millennial Trash, yeah. Yes, Millennial Trash. <laughs> um, and she, I believe she was like an engineering student. So mm-hmm. she designed a special uh, wheelchair that was like a, a sport, like inspired by sports ones so that she could fight crime. But that wasn't the only thing. She was also possessed by a cat god, right? <laughs> yes, that was it, yeah. An ancient Jaguar Undy guard yep. who came out at night. And because she worked mm-hmm. so many jobs, she uh, when she fell asleep, she turned into the Jaguar Undy. Yep. Who's next? We have got episode 44. So it's a recent one. Oh, it is Lord Windermere and Final Nudge from our Grand National Name Generator. Yeah. So Lord Windermere was a, um, or is a, very high class uh, superhero who... Used to be very into the job, but after a tragic accident, they became more distant and more, uh, they're more adverse to doing superheroism until their voice on the line, um, final, final nudge, nudge, started trying to talk them more into doing superheroics and pretty much forces him to actually get out there and do shit. Mm-hmm. Mm. Was there also another hero involved? There was. Um... There was a villain. Was it? But... No, 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 oh. no. There was another hero that Lord Windermere hated. It was like Know It All or something, wasn't it? I just know. I just, I, I just know. Oh. 
shall we include I Just Know? Obviously, this yes, isn't this yes. isn't gonna this isn't gonna be like the six, but this is like the six episode thing. I bet I Just Know was like considered for the team. We've mm. already got law going on. They were considered for the team, but ultimately they went with Lord Windermere. They're part of the Lord Windermere universe, so mm. I think the idea of I Just Know going into a multiversal battle could be quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's let, next? Yeah, let's. Who's next? Is nineteen. Who is? Ooh. Oh, oh, <laughs> it's a good one. It's our good friends, indecisive chili, selfish macaroon, and sloth pasta. <laughs> oh S-I-S. my god, SIS. Um, I'm sorry. This is this is a fucking wild team. <laughs> it um, is buck wild. Who? What do you remember about this team, guys? So, indecisive chili um, was a. They had a glider. They had like a, a hang they glider, did, which they, did they have a hang used glider. to. Mm-hmm. Because this was an infiltration team, so Indecisive Chili would silently glide them into the uh, zone, and Sloth Pasta uh, <laughs> is literally a, a sloth with stretchy powers who would sort of um, very carefully stretch in there and get into all the difficult situations. And then there was Selfish Macaroon, who had these two giant shields and pretty much acted on their own account for themselves to complete the mission. And I made the executive decision when I illustrated them that they all had bowl cuts. Yes, they did. Yeah, that was a very good decision. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, who's next? Is this the last one or is this the penultimate? Wait, 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 wait. So Bleach, Ruby, Godiva, Lord Windermere, that's three. Mm-hmm. Final Nudge is one? No, uh, we're going by okay. episode. Oh, SIS are three then. I reckon one more would do it. Okay, okay so yeah, all right. Consider we have SIS, that's like three in mm-hmm. one. Okay. The last one is... Oh, hold on. Let me click. It's episode three. <gasps> Holly Deadline. I'm afraid it's not, Dean. It's episode six. McFly and the New Wave Thrills. <gasps> oh, my God. Yes! This team is massive. This is a great team. So, one, two, three, four. Wait, there was five New Wave Thrillers, wasn't there? There was a plus, lot of them. There was five New Wave Thrillers plus Asexual Abbey. So, yep. that's six by itself. <laughs> and then you got SIS, which is another three, nine. Lord Windermere, ten. Godiva, eleven. Bleach Ruby, twelve. Uh, <laughs> well, this is what we got to go. work with. That's what you want to work with. Like Marvel, we shall just try and cram them in. This is truly the most ambitious crossover in <laughs> all yeah. history. Can we pull this off? We can either cram them in. I mean, in. I don't really feel like talking about any of these heroes. I just really want to talk about. You know, oh, no, the, the, profit. the first wave has begun. We must figure <laughs> out. We need to find out what how these characters are going to either initially meet in funny circumstances, or how do we think these heroes are going to be with each other in terms of like, is Bleach Ruby going to really grind up against? Not in terms of actually grinding. I mean, they might, <laughs> but like, how are they going to do against? Let's say, I just know, or Lord Windermere. Okay, well, scenario for meetup one. Mm-hmm. It's free preview day at the water park where McFly and the New Wave Thrillers do their show with Asexual Abbey on pyrotechnics. Ah, uh, Jade's going to contrive to like this. <laughs> Good. I like this. That's all I got so far. Oh, okay. <laughs> where should we take this next? I think, okay, I'm going to take inspiration from a very recent film that was a massive crossover. It was called Avengers Infinity War. What if we split this team up into two initially because there are two um, heralds, shall we say, of the prophet. Mm -hmm. So actually, right, 
Let's do this in three. Give me some more juggling balls. I'm going in. Wait, so you mentioned this character, the amateur prophet. Like, what do they look like? Um, Josh, what we, kind of we need to defeat. Like? Wait, we no. We need to defeat him quick. Um, I believe that uh, Jaguar Undy is actually working engineering on the stage for the new wave thrillers. Great, great. That's good. Right. Um, I think. Do you want to hear one of my ideas? Hmm. Uh, yeah. Sure. Why not? Wait, wait, wait. Lord Windermere would be uh, sponsoring. Like, they've they've got, like, sponsorship on one of the shows. Maybe they're playing at Lord Windermere's um, estate or, like, in a nearby village where Lord Windermere is, like, funding it, but he's like, oh, you enjoy yourselves. I'm... Oh, like, it's a big public fundraiser thing. So, yeah. like, the shows are free, but you're encouraged to donate money. And he's just there, like, I'm... I'm st- you enjoy your, your tat and your, your horrible dancing cool, and your splish cool. splash like show. Mm-hmm. Um... But I think while that's going on, SIS are trying to infiltrate a like the UN or like some high level of uh, global governance mm-hmm. where uh, reports have come in of an unusual figure P- that the the high level that their boss who are their agency again it was some weird food thing oh SIS yeah mm. was it just SIS uh, strategic information infiltration squad. Yeah. So the SIS have sent Indecisive, Sloth, and um, Macaroon to uh, infiltrate and to um, investigate this tough ambassador that uh, they seem to describe themselves as Mm -hmm. and introduce themselves as. Oh, no. Could it be that tough ambassador has already infiltrated the high levels of the UN? Using their words, they are starting to make very questionable decisions towards, like, random, like, maybe environmental based projects excellent like, mm-hmm. like they're built they're making all these kind of weird building structures they're trying to like melt ice caps for some bizarre reason and everyone's kind of like what is going on so they've sent the sis in to yes, kind of I like, like figure out like what is actually going on here mm-hmm. so um tough ambassador is doing this now one of the plans that tough ambassador is trying to uh trying to complete involves we need to involve sarcastic knight somehow because Sarcastic Knight has to come up against Bleach Ruby somehow. They're, they're the only two not in play at the moment. Mm-hmm. So perhaps... I'm um, guessing Sarcastic Knight has to attack Windermere's place. Wait, Sarcastic Knight is currently in prison. Ooh. Oh. So we have three scenes going on. We have a seemingly unrelated interview with a prison inmate where you know the police have urged bleach ruby they're like look you're the only one who's going to be able to get the info out of him hmm. and meanwhile tough ambassador is <gasps> rose tinted lenses bleach oh, ruby had yeah! rose tinted lens oh, powers yes yeah thank you cool. <laughs> <laughs> so they're trying to get sarcastic knight to be nostalgic but all sarcastic knight can think about is the future oh what if no right what if um sarcastic knight when he looks into the rose tinted lenses he's reminded of who they are and what their job is and the importance of that job which sends him into a frenzy um that perhaps draws media attention gets pictures on the internet and in newspapers to which tough ambassador sees and tough ambassador does this weird 180 from its current um political inclinations and starts going on about this weird prisoner in this weird town that has no thing to the entire united nations why and tries to get sarcastic knight pardoned oh so 
I guess, yeah, for, for people watching or reading or listening to this story, they would also mm. have the same reaction as me, which is why would this random ambassador suddenly mm. just go full tilt on campaigning for this prisoner? And they'd present like loads of compelling arguments because obviously it's tough ambassador and they have a way with words. But mm. to what end do they want to get sarcastic night out? Like for the purpose what? of the story, not for the uh, I, audience. I wonder if the New Wave Thrillers show is some sort of signifying incident. Ooh. Like something's going to happen at this show and it's basically going to bring together all of these heroes and kind of incite this kind of new new wave, I guess. Mm-hmm. And basically, it, Tough Ambassador is going to be getting Sarcastic Knight out of prison because obviously they're not strong, so they're, all they have are their words. So they can't just break them out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Sarcastic um, Knight... Mm-hmm. I was just... Well, go on, actually, you go first. I was going to say, it's sarcast- and they basically they need to break Sarcastic Knight out to kind of stop the show from going on or something. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that leads into Amateur Prophet, who sounds really interesting, by the way. But, uh, hold on. <clears throat> Sorry, I got off track. Um, They know what's going to happen in episode 53, which mm. the only thing that we know at this point is that a new hero shall be born in episode 53. Oh. And so the inciting incident of a new hero being born is all these heroes gathering together at this fundraiser where, you know, a water show happens and something bad happens that none of these heroes can fix and another hero rises up to save the day. Perhaps Amateur Prophet does not want this hero to rise up because obviously we should be... I mean, I'm now that I'm thinking about it, we should just be talking about amateur profit sure for a second jade are you saying that mcfly and the new wave thrillers are essentially celebrating episode 52 as well no 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 it's not that meta okay they're at a fundraiser maybe they're celebrating like the 52nd year of this charity being uh part of the community and yes yeah uh, oh could it be that in the audience is hero 53 yeah that's what i was thinking so like you can picture it like someone needs saving and the only like none of the heroes are close enough because they're dealing with something else mm. Mm. you know the the chaos and so the new hero rises up because they're the only one that can possibly save the day here in this particular right. situation but and then i oh know you go i was gonna say but how does this without us revealing who 53 is how would this play like how is sarcastic knight going to this show and causing a ruckus going to kind of put an end to 53 well you got your old typical time travel problem haven't you because actually amateur prophet thinks that they need to go and disrupt this show (laughs) this this charity ball Uh, this fucking fundraiser in order to stop the thing happening but actually they've caused it because that's how time travel always works and they're like that and they're an amateur prophet so they're not actually amazing (laughs) at their prophecies yeah they just know that something like a hero is born at the water show so if we just stop the water show from happening oh my god the hero won't be born jesus They'll they'll do this in the most like violent way possible. Like, mm. yeah. Tell sending... me more about how this prophet acts. Like, I want to hear more about them. No, Jade, we don't need your mind's moment. infected. You're what? you're you're dead to us now. Oh. Um, but but I just had a really good idea. I don't. It was th- a great idea. I don't think this prophet needs to turn up for a while. Okay. I think we need to stage a some sort of event. I I don't want to. We could say fight between sarcastic knight and basically everyone at this show. Yes. 
Well, Sarcastic Night, without a doubt, is extremely tough. Mm-hmm. They have a sort of alien horse-esque mount, naturally, they're a knight. Um, and they're out to disrupt uh, the water show in the most violent way possible because someone's at, uh, Hero 53, they just don't know who. They haven't got an idea of what they look like or who they are as a person. So when they first escape prison, or rather when they are first let out legally, because pardoned, obviously yeah. Yeah, they are pardoned, um, they confidently strut out of the prison and Bleach Ruby decides, no, I'm not having any of that. You're clearly they, a threat. So they decide to follow. Well, no. Here's Ooh. my thinking. Um, sarcastic knight, perhaps part of their power can be like manifesting knight armor. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Bleach Ruby is the natural combatant to that because they can manifest armor as well. So Ooh, they have yes. this very cool initial fight where it seems like a very small time thing, one-on-one. It doesn't seem in this grand scheme of things like this is going to affect millions of people under multiverse. Hmm. But uh, yeah, Bleach Ruby is just like, no, you're a threat. I'm going to take you back to prison. Um, and our first hero is defeated here. Sarcastic Knight <gasps> fucking demolishes. No. Just picture the crunching, cracking sound oh. of Bleach Ruby's armor being destroyed. Our fave. And the Yep, and the ruby-tinted glasses being cracked. Insult's injury, they've attacked a newly released prisoner. Tough Ambassador immediately oh, starts wagging the finger and says, uh, they are a danger to society. Lock them away right now. Yeah, they- so... Ah, but here's my thinking. Bleach Ruby has to go on the run. So they're a villain again. No, no, right. Sorry, I'm going to hijack it. Bleach Ruby doesn't get put in jail because they're saved at the last minute by SIS. Ooh, oh, could it be that the, effectively, where they when they're fighting, it's basically Tough Ambassador meeting up with Sarcastic Knight to kind of be like, this innocent prisoner is now finally being let out. Mm-hmm. So it's having like a press conference. So both. Oh, of- and that's why SIS would be there. Yes. Oh shit, that's good. That's very good. That also leads into what I was going to say, which is Bleach Ruby <gasps> should go on the run and go and warn people at the show when they find out that that's where Tough Ambassador and Sarcastic Knight are headed. But this works better because guys, they can I've, go got the, with I've got the BBR. SIS. I've got the BBRP chills. I've, I've got goosebumps in my arms. Oh, because on. at one point Sarcastic Knight goes to make the final blow against Bleach Ruby. But who turns up with two shields? Tong! Macaroon. Oh, selfish up. macaroon. Selfish macaroon going against their primary programming of being Holy selfish. Shit. Just turning around to Bleach thing. Ruby. They turn around to Bleach Ruby and they're like, You're welcome, by the way. Yeah, and Bleach <laughs> Ruby is just looking up, like, Where the fuck did you come from? And then they see a sloth, very long sloth, dangling from a paraglider. <laughs> 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 I was I was I was going to suggest also that potentially sloth pasta could use their sloth arms and tie their very long arms around the mount of um sarcastic yes. knight. Yes. Yes. And they kind of do an attack walker type thing. <laughs> See, but it doesn't work, obviously. Mm. Spoilers for Infinity War. Um skip ahead a few seconds. They'll do that thing where they're trying to like take down Thanos. Mm. But, you know, um, they're trying to time up. Oh, you, you don't know, even kind of- need to spoil the film. You don't even need to spoil the film, Dean. We'll just say that Sloth Pasta and um, Selfish Macaroon try to pull Sarcastic Knight away from their armor with their bare hands. Hmm? Hmm. <laughs> How about that? But of course... And of course it doesn't work. So, uh, skipping ahead, this fight happens. Uh, it's a loss. Um, Sarcastic Knight and Tough Ambassador come out on top. SIS and Bleach Ruby make a retreat, a herd retreat, mm-hmm. and they go on the lamb, much like how 
urban the lamb. Oh, if you could, like. could it kind of be that basically they've got they've got the hang glider with indecisive chili, and mm-hmm. they're holding sloth pasta. Sloth pasta's got a really long arm, and basically um, selfish macaroon kind of steps on sloth pasta's little clawed hand as like a foothold mm-hmm. with with like bleach ruby <laughs> over one shoulder with their shield, and they kind of just float yeah. off. Yeah. Yes. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, so how do we get from this scene to well, how do, rather how do we because we can just cut to the the party where you know the water show is happening, mm. but how do we get Bleach Ruby and SIS to it? Like, how do they know to go to that to provide assistance or to like warn other heroes? Could have anything to do with Bleach Ruby's tinted glasses. Hmm. Oh, well, perhaps they got like just a tiny like when the glasses got cracked. It was angled in such a way that they got a glimpse of tough ambassadors mm. past. I think I think that could be quite good. Yeah. A combination of uh, the tinted glasses and SIS's intel on yeah. tough mm. ambassador, and they make that link between the pair of them mm-hmm. and to the amateur prophet, mm-hmm. and the the idea of um, trying to stop this next hero from entering existence and well, yeah, crossing feel, dimensions to do so. Yeah, I feel like Bleach Ruby's thing that they would see then would only be a flicker, but it would be knowledge of the water show incident. I think so. Or even just like a plan towards that. Just, yeah. some, just some... something that leads them to this day because they need hmm. to naturally go there. How does Bleach Ruby's power work again with the rose-tinted glasses? Is it that they see the past? Yeah, they they see something through a veil of nostalgia and rethink their choices. Could it be that there's some kind of to go in the meta again? Could mm-hmm. there be some sort of like multiversal fracture when they crack their glasses? Ooh, yes. A- and that kind of causes them to see not the past but the future. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. That could be if, very good. If sarcastic knight's doing it, then of course it's going to have some weird effects on on the mm. glasses and. We are now uh, Sarcastic Knight and Tough Ambassador are like a few steps ahead of mm-hmm. a team bleached SIS. Mm-hmm. Each team are on a collision course with the water show. Shall we cut to the day? Yes. I um, think that would be good. So I guess the next natural thing to begin with would be Lord Windermere setting up or like surveying the setup because they wouldn't naturally do anything themselves that's, no, no. that's mm. for peasants you know they'd be probably getting like final nudge to sort it out oh i wonder if final nudge would be like picture um windermere walking along throughout you know their lavish gardens and mm-hmm. tents being risen up and stuff and final nudge is like a floating screen or perhaps like they're just walking along with a tablet whatever floats your boat that's mm. what i was thinking i was thinking like foam. as yeah as as like their pa just being like, well, you know, they're nearly done putting out the chairs. Um, caterers are going to show up in about 10 minutes. By the way, I really think you should look at this message from SIS. Like, it seems really urgent. Um, and and Windermere's just like, look, just can you get onto the caterers? I told you we want caviar. Lots and lots of caviar. And then Final Nudge gets distracted from the SIS message because it's like, look, sir, I don't think you understand what the public really likes to eat. There, there could be a nice little thing where like it's like a push notification on a phone. Yes. And, and he just tries to swipe it away and like Final Nudge yeah, is trying yeah. to like grab it and kind of pull it back. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but then a message pings in from the, ca- the caterer and they're like, oh, just mm. one thing at a time. Then we pan over to... McFly and the New Wave Thrillers. I was going getting, to say, you know, like stretching and limbering up. We're mentioning that they're putting up tents for like this mm-hmm. thing. Surely it's going to be one big tent because they're circus folk. 
Oh, I was thinking like, yeah, a well, like mark- I was then... like marquees. Like yeah, little market. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, that sort of thing. Well, the the hot air balloon, the hot air balloon has oh, landed shit. in the garden. Yes. I forgot about the blimp. <laughs> you mean the blimp with Ducky's head on it? Ducky. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> Ducky is an extra character. In Thirteen you, in the team. You know, you, Ducky no. is the fifty-three hero. <laughs> <laughs> Don't joke about that, Jade. There, there's sorry. there's a there's a link in here, and I'm going to bring it up later. Okay, um, so I was picturing that the way the blimp works, the the hot air balloon, whatever, um, is that it kind of becomes a tent. Like when it lands, yeah. it like unfurls as well. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be very good. Okay. And Godiva is naturally helping with the technical side of things. Mm. She's um, overworked. She's being pulled here, there, and everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants her ear, and she's just doing her best, um, rolling around, trying to get everything ready but maybe we could potentially set up a friendship here between godiva and final nudge being as they're both quite technically minded hmm. well i like the idea that maybe final nudge is also available on godiva's phone godiva's phone godiva's chair as well mm. um so she's being run ragged and whatever chance she gets but to she's, herself she's a really good person remember she'll mm. do lots of things so mm. Naturally, every time she hears from Final Nudge, she'd also be like, if there's anything else I can do, and Nudge is just like looking very pityingly like, you're already doing enough, good God. <laughs> <laughs> she's getting so tired, she's starting to doze off. we got to set this up because it's going to come back later. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's so tired. She's been working all night, all day. She's starting to doze off, and mm-hmm. every time she does, there's like a, a screech, like a rawr, and then she's like, oh, no, no, we got to keep going. <laughs> yes. Um, so this is all being set up. Cut to a few hours later where the guests are arriving and the show is about to begin and uh, Lord Windermere is looking over, quote-unquote, his handiwork. <laughs> and how how do we want this to begin? Just your, your standard fireball? No. Hmm. I think like some sort of like water turrets. Some sort of like... Should we try and go back to what the McFly's powers were? See if we can try um... and figure out... Obviously, well, I just mean, like, how, oh. how do the villains enter the stage? Oh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Josh, what were you going to say? I'm just wasn't sure if Dean was trying to suggest how does this entire show start physically in terms of, oh. like, which McFly, like, shoots out certain oh. bits of water no, into, Dean like, their name. You mean, like, how the, it turns into a disaster, right, Dean? I mean the show. Oh, yeah. I, I was okay. going for this wonderful water-based event, but okay. Well, why don't we do do both, Josh? Why don't you because describe we don't have how time. the? Oh, yes, we do. We can go a bit longer. Is it? It's our fifty-second we... episode. Yeah, let's go a bit longer. Okay. Um, so I have an idea that could possibly benefit both of you wanting to do both of those things. Go on. What if it's not a big flashy fireball? What if Tough Ambassador has wormed their way in? backstage and has sown some very toxic lies between the McFlies. And we already know we've got a very volatile person in Abby. Mm. So Mm. Ambassador could like sow the seeds of dissent. And so actually the way the water show goes wrong is within. Like it starts so well choreographed. Mm. Josh, if you'd like to describe some of the choreography. Well, I believe there's one of them that shoots off like little like water like pistols. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, who else do we have? There was one that was did a lot of big waves. Yeah, the little uh, girl does big waves. The yeah. oldest brother is the shit one that does pew pew finger pew, guns. Pew. Yep. One that can literally manipulate puddles. Yes. Yes. 
And one that can skate on water? Oh, it was like water whips. Yeah. Mm. What what did McFly do? I think they were just like a general user. McFly wanted to fly. Ah, yeah. So they they were kind of like foot water jets type stuff, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So they're they're putting on a show. Mm -hmm. And maybe um, at the end of one of their big acts, you know, they've all like finished and they're posing and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And maybe Tough Ambassador just walks on stage applauding like, oh, very well done. Very well done. McFly in a new way thrillers, everyone. And then he starts talking about um basically about what's what's going on he's like oh well i'm glad you've all joined us here today when did all they become a he because i was picturing them as a woman oh i'm I, apologies uh they're they're coming out and they're uh talking and they're like oh I'm, I'm very glad you could all join us today uh every last one of you all my special guests here and everyone's looking around like i thought this was like windermere's party but they continue the speech and they're like, I know you all believe what I believe. Because if you don't believe what I believe, then my prophet's going to be very, very angry with, with me. And, well, to put it bluntly, what I believe is that one of you can't continue living. And then... Jeez, that escalated quickly. <laughs> and then um, he goes on. No, no, no. Um, one, you said he. Two... I think that they should invite them, potentially Hero 53, on stage. Oh, God. As like, oh, and we've got a very special guest. Like, oh, let me pick a volunteer from the audience. Okay. Oh, I thought we didn't know who Hero 53 is. We don't. Yeah, we We don't. don't. Because who goes up instead but the nicest person there? Godiva Jaguar, isn't it? Mm, This is getting a bit convoluted. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They can't, you can't have them invite them up if they don't know who Hero 53 is. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Like, that's, otherwise they'd just, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kill kill Hitler as a baby situation. Thank you for reining me in, Jade. Thank you. (laughs) I think it would go like, Hero 53, come up here right now, but no one knows who Hero 53 is, including Hero 53 themselves. And so no one comes up. And so and, they're oh, like... Oh, oh, and then Tough Ambassador turns around and says like... Sorry, can you just remind me what episode um, McFly and the New Wave Thrillers were? Six. Hero Six, get them! And like McFly and the New Wave Thrillers are like, who are you fucking talking to? Like, I'm McFly. This is my brother who's also named McFly. That's, <laughs> that's Abby. None of us are named Hero Six. And they're like, yes, you're Hero Six. Just like that idiot in the rafters is Hero... Give me another number. And uh, um, which one? In terms of rafters, are you looking for um, Godiva? Yeah, uh, yeah it could be Godiva, or it could be SIS who've now hidden, like they're Ooh. trying to infiltrate again. Um, in which case, it's nineteen. Okay, just like or- you, idiots in the rafters, hero nineteen. So that's when we start seeing that they're actually aware of like a multiverse. Mm. And then sarcastic knight comes in and takes matters into their own hands, saying. Like, wor- words aren't solving this problem. I'm coming in with my uh, trans-dimensional uh, Horse. Uh, pole arm. Oh. <laughs> um, trans-dimensional javelin. And they're cutting down people, or they're attempting to cut down people. It's that Marvel thing where things explode, but no one really gets it. Yeah, hurt. so they can, because it's a trans-dimensional pole arm, um, it can basically cut through dimensions. So they're going to start lobbing it into the audience, just saying, you know, crying like an like an insane person like i'm just gonna keep throwing these and hopefully i'll hit hero 53 unless you want to come out and fight me like a man even though that's misogynistic but you know they're just gonna keep throwing this and because i'm a villain i can only assume that you're a guy 
Yeah, yeah. And so that's when our heroes that we know of start charging in and start trying to save people, start trying to fight back. Hmm. And this is the setup for Hero 53 to, to do something. Let's, have, no, a, let's have a fight scene, though. Yes, and this is where I have a couple of ideas that, we okay. need to pr- that we're going to bring in. Okay, okay with all of this hubbub, a lot of this party is getting ruined. Yes. yes. But meanwhile, Windermere, they're seeing this person turning up and just shouting a lot. They're like, mm-hmm. eh, don't worry, someone will sort it out for us. Yeah. Then they find out the food tent collapsed when someone came running in. <laughs> and they're like, no one is going to dare mess with my party. Yes. And let us remember, Lord Windermere has wind powers. Yes. Could you imagine the entire big top tent blowing Ooh. straight up and just yes. seeing Windermere floating in the air, Ooh. pissed? <laughs> and final nudges are just there like, finally! That, that was the thing, like, like, the, like, the final need... nudge could have been, by the way, uh, my lord, they might have just destroyed like the caviar tent. And they're like, yeah. what? <laughs> A whole separate tent for caviar, yes. Yeah, um, of course. Got to prioritise all these peasants yeah, yeah, yeah. who want some caviar. <laughs> She's just there, like, "Hey, there's an uninvited guest on stage. Uh, they're speaking. They're threatening people. Um, they're, they're another person's there. They're throwing pole arms. He's just there, like, I whatever. There's superheroes around, probably. I don't, I don't need to do anything. Caviar's bust. Fucking excuse me. Hold Fucking my wine. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> but that's when final nudge is like, right? Yes, good. But he's right, there are other heroes here. Where's Godiva? And they, you know, blip over to Godiva's phone, but Godiva's asleep. And Final Nudge is like, pinging, pinging. Wake up, mm. we need you. And that's when someone does wake up. Oh, yeah. Oh, can we have a, like, a, a close-up where her eyes open and it's just like Jaguar under eyes? Yes, mm. yes. And um, may- she ha- her eyes open, Jaguar eyes uh, appear, but she doesn't have her armor until Final Nudge gets her into the garage. Maybe we can have, like, again... Drawing it from Avengers inspiration, maybe she can have upgraded Jaguar under armor Ooh, for this yeah, particular cool. fucking scene. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, it's sure. a nice friendship. I, I, I like this yeah, friendship. Yeah, yeah. Also, yes, that is the epitome of a crossover. Sure, why not? Yeah, just throw it all together. And meanwhile, I guess Bleach Ruby's in, in and amongst the crowd, blending in. I'd say Bleach Ruby is like very injured, so they're there because they want to help, but they're not going to immediately wade in if they don't have to. They're very, well, very calculating. Maybe they're preoccupied with the potential futures they're seeing in their glasses. Oh yes. Like they're trying to figure out like what what's happening, like where it could all go, mm. and stuff like that. So they're kind of more like deep in thought. Yeah. Mm. And SIS just dive in straight onto Sarcastic Knight, trying to. Uh, protect as many people, trying to stop them throwing pole arms as... Sloth pasta gets thrown aside like a wet noodle. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, Knight and Macaroon can have like a little moment where um, uh, they're just like, you remember me? And then they can have a little quick one-on-one just Ooh, to like... There could, there could be this cool little moment where um, Macaroon is sent flying like a missile into... Um, sarcastic night by one of the thrillers water like pumps yes just just to get the our good old water bending friends into the mix yeah they can they can be using kind of like water to kind of propel like either propel macaroon forward or like propel guests out of the way of stuff Mm. so they're more like crowd control synergy moment one number one that synergy moment number two um lord windermere and the new way thrillers uh combine powers to spray sarcastic night with um, water covering them head to toe soaking them through you know like that very very fine mist 
Jagger or Windy comes along with their uh, incredible mechanical wheelchair, electrocutes them, kazap, mm-hmm. and uh, well, so we've got does... we've got the triple threat of wind, water, and electricity. Mm-hmm. But here's my thinking: Ooh. suddenly they get. Oh, uh, sorry. Did you just have a little brainwave or? Uh, synergy moment number three: Lord Windermere and indecisive Chili combine forces to uh, drive. Uh, Chili to new speeds in their hang glider <laughs> in order to ram the knight. Okay, sure. I'm just wondering. Jay, Sorry to interrupt. I'm not sure if you might have the same idea that I do. It's to do with Abby. Oh no, it's not. Oh okay. You can you can go um, first though. I'm not sure if mine goes too far. Well, I'm thinking with Abby. Perhaps you know that would be the perfect quadruple threat, wouldn't it? Like wind, water, yeah. electricity, fire. And they, you know, the others think that. They're like, yeah, Abby, get in here. But then they realize, where, where is Abby? Someone over to the side is whispering in Abby's ear. And suddenly she fights back against the heroes. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, what the hell are you doing? We need to take this guy down. And she is, like, she has tears in her eyes. She's been manipulated. And she starts screeching about, no, we have to prevent this from happening. We have to stop this future from happening. Tough ambassador has only gone and convinced Abby that Hero 53 is actually a terrible person and what they're Ooh. doing is right. Ooh. And so you have, oh, you have a nice little, see, this is the hook. This is the hook with a big crossover. You've got to have a little bit, little bit of romance. So this is where McFly starts having a one-on-one fight with Abby Ooh. just to the side. And everyone else carries on fighting Sarcastic mm. Night. But now you have a little, you know, a little, little personal fight going on. And I guess we'll, you know, knock Abby out and, yeah. I've got a different idea. And this might lead into the cliffhanger for episode 53, which we actually have to pick this up from. Mm -hmm. Are we? So, so, um... Oh, wait, 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 wait. This this is how we're going to do episode 53 then, isn't it? We're going to generate a hero and they are hero 53 and they're going to finish off this story, yes? Okay, that's that's very good because I have a very... I have quite an interesting idea that I'd like to throw, but I think it could be quite good as like an ending thing. Okay, well, please write it down. We cannot forget any good, yeah, yeah, yeah. good shit. Okay, so, Dean, you were going to say something. So they're teaming up. They're, they're synergizing. Sarcastic Knight and Tough Ambassador are on the ropes, even with the powers of Asexual Abby on their side. Mm-hmm. So they decide a retreat back to their home dimension. Abby's still fighting uh, McFly, but Ambassador sort of like pulls her out and is like, we're leaving now. And they get into their um, trans-dimensional Also, oh, Abby's spaceship. taken away. Mm. Well, yeah, she's on board now. Oh, but, shit. But before they uh, leave the situation, they're, they're all trying to call out to her to convince her to stop moving. Yeah. But uh, there's like a, a lens flare, like a um, like <gasps> a, a dazzle in the crowd. Oh! Abby turns to look. She catches just the briefest glimpse of Bleach Ruby's sunglasses before she's dragged off into another dimension. Oh, my goodness. That's really good. The heroes look stunned, bewildered, completely at a loss. Mm-hmm. Like they did, they didn't get the 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 villains. They retreated. For mm-hmm. all they know, um, amateur prophet's going to come down and crush them all. Wait, 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 wait. So speaking of amateur prophet, <laughs> aside from talking about you know how they look and how interesting they must be and how much we should really focus on their story because we haven't really talked that much about them. We aside from that, sorry. Aside from that. Um, God, I've forgotten what I was going to say. Um, something about Amateur Prophet, yes. Um, so right before they take Abby, like they're 
they're literally just about to take her and the heroes are all just realizing that she's being taken so they like one of them starts crying out like is this who you want is this hero 53 and that's when amateur prophet finally shows up oh and says oh, no you simpletons but of course amateur prophet doesn't know who hero 53 is either oh but they know for a fact it isn't abby hmm this is good this will lead on to like um the you know part 2 Mm, I'm glad you think it's good. So more about uh, Amateur Prophet. I think, well, let's I talk clothing, let's to talk fashion up. choices. Like, are they going to dress like, you know, some sort Thank of Thank you very prophet? much for listening to us create the most ambitious crossover of all time. You're uh, talking over me. Like, I feel like you guys don't If you need to support this guys. podcast, then all you need to do is leave us a review on iTunes. Guys, are we feeling uh, Or your preferred podcasting or... platform. Like, are they going to inscribe the prophecy, like, prophecy on tablets or what? Jade, tell them about our Twitter account. Well, um, yeah, our Twitter is at amateurprofit <laughs> oh underscore hero53. We've, we've made a mistake. I can't believe that Jade's <laughs> going to replace all of our previous illustrations with just pictures of amateur prophet. Yeah, they're all like portraits, all very <laughs> lovingly painted. Uh, so if you want to get in touch with us and talk and about you can call us on 0800 amateur profit you can talk to us on twitter at bbr underscore podcast where on wednesday we'll be uh, posting up images of our amateur recommendations Prophet's outfits yes yeah. <laughs> where we'll be posting pictures of our recommendations that we mentioned what feels like 10 decades ago um we'll also be uh i don't know how but we'll be also uh, posting an illustration on Friday of again amateur the most profit. amateur profit. <laughs> it will actually most, be amateur profit this time. Yes, and the most ambitious crossover of all time. Yes, of uh, McFly and the New Way for others, uh, sloth pasta, indecisive chili, um, amateur profit, um, and amateur uh, profit. Sloth pasta, indecisive chili, selfish macaroon, bleached ruby, uh, McFly and the New Wave thrillers. Godiva Jaguar. Godiva and Lord Windermere <laughs> and Final Nudge. Um, also, a very important piece of podcast news for us is that you're going to have to wait an extra week to find out what happens next. Yeah. Josh is absolutely right. We are changing from a weekly schedule to a fortnightly schedule. This see, this is the reveal. You see, Hero Fifty Three is in fact a time-based hero who has bestowed <laughs> us with some space in order to edit and draw. Yeah, um, we are enjoying the pants of making this podcast, but it takes longer to edit and to like create illustrations than you might think. And uh, we all have pretty busy lives at the moment, especially our poor artist Jade Sarson. Um, <laughs> Blessed well, I'm be drawing the this artist. whole book about Amateur Prophet and it's really <laughs> taking a long time. So we have decided to um, just take our time with it and that way not only can we create a better product but we can also um, lead a more comfortable life which will again feed back into the quality of the show. Um, I hope you guys can understand where we're coming from with this. Um, you it's don't all... sound so apologetic. Like We've made a whole <laughs> year of week-on-week week heroes. That's 52, well... Yeah, 52 episodes, not necessarily all heroes, quite a few of them are mm, villains. It's true. But 52 excellent stories for you to enjoy whenever the heck you want. We've done pretty well, and um, our gift to ourselves is more time. Yes. <laughs> but I feel free to recommend this to your friends and say, oh, well, they're slowing down a little bit, but there's this entire bank catalog you can get into. Yeah, good time to catch up. It, very much so. 
Um, so you have been bitten fifty-two by an amateur prophet. <laughs> I think someone has. I am Dean done with this McKnight. I'm amateur prophet. And I am. Oh my! I think I'm. I'm amateur prophet as well. Oh, oh hey! God. Oh my God! We are amateur prophet. No, help us, Hero Fifty Three.